done that in a while. I know. I missed it. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you, Welcome to the show, everybody. I'm great. It's episode 194. I'm not even going to say anything, (laughs) but I know that we'll give you a lot more. (laughs) Oh, 194. It's really happening. Wowie, wow, wow. This is so fun. I was texting my friend Matt Neroni, who many of you have heard of. Uh, Last night, he was laughing about that dolphin thing from a while back. Oh, did you see the hate I got when I posted a dolphin picture? No. Yeah, I had to take. I just took it down because I'm like, people are too ridiculous. You took it down. Yes, because I couldn't deal. I just didn't want. They were just saying like, do you know that these dolphins like they take people, pluck them out of the ocean for entertainment and blah blah blah. And I was like, I was at a dolphin rehabilitation center with my friend who worked there, who gave me like I got to go where just the people who work there go, and you know I was with a dolphin, and it just happened to be with a camera that had the (sighs) Miami. Sea Aquarium logo on it or whatever because that's how they took the picture and and then people were just like all mad at me and I'm like you guys don't even know the backstory and thank goodness uh, TX Scooter you know our friend yes. she was like TX Scooter yeah she, was, she posted a, a response that was like <laughs> do your research uh, or like don't like something about like commenting She's on like for they, that. they do your they do their research you do yours you know like something Ooh. like that and it was real snazzy it's like snapback that like is it. good i liked it so i really do not like the social media vigilante right and i'm like you do not listen to our podcast you do not know how i feel about you these even animals said yes that the picture was old like your hair is black it's in freaking it. 10 years plus old <laughs> Before people are like, don't you know about the COVID? I'm like, that movie did not even come out. <laughs> we talked about it. Right. And yes, we know because we talked about it. And I was just like, oh, God. So then I just had to take it down because I'm like, I'm I not even going to. I another one. This is the yeah. difference between me and you. I cannot stand I that. I know. Drive me bonkers. Oh, well. So whatever. everybody can can it. Yeah. <laughs> can it. I don't even care anymore. We don't. <laughs> the more apathetic you become, the happier <laughs> it makes me. So. Do you think it? Like it's worn off on you, my cynicism. I, either that, or maybe you've like. I'll tell you, our gratitude episode really gave me some clarity. Why? Because I just I went home after I, after listening to that episode and and after we recorded it, and I watched the movie Inside Out, mm-hmm. which then even further confirmed the importance yeah. of sadness. Yeah, and I just bawled my eyes out, and I was like. Oh, we, this is important. We need to like <laughs> we like be when sad. we <laughs> talked about gratitude earlier in the year. We talked about how there in some studies it shows that you have to sit with your sadness mm-hmm. and allow yourself that time. Yes, and it was like we gave ourselves permission <laughs> yes. to be complete like crabby asses. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, studies show this is the good thing to do. So. It's science. <laughs> it's science, people. <laughs> Can't argue with that. Yeah, well, I'm glad that that was liberating for you. I got some more science for you that's pretty crazy. Let's hear it. So this guy named Michael Kaczynski, I, I can't, I don't no know. No relation to Ted. No relation to Ted. <laughs> that's true. That should be mentioned. Um, yeah, Kaczynski, a Polish psychologist who studies human behavior from the put- footprints we leave online has created artificial intelligence that can detect with 81% accuracy for men and 71% accuracy for women if you're gay or straight. What? I know. It's kind of weird. He calls it, and it, the, the, it, I found this article on Vox, and I'll put it in the newsletter, but it says, this psychologist's gaydar research makes us uncomfortable. <laughs> That's the point. Oh, my God. Wait, can you read the numbers again, the percentage? 81% 
men of gay men they act they basically what this machine yeah, does it. is it puts up machine whatever i don't know what they call it artificial intelligence program will <laughs> compare two faces and will say which one is gay and which one is straight with 81 percent accuracy on gay males and 71 percent oh excuse me 71 percent accuracy for gay women you know what the humans range is what 54 to 61% like accuracy. Basically the same as if you just guess. Yes. The computer somehow can pick up. What? So it says. What does that, it pick up? So there were two things that, that also, all of this, all of this is super controversial. Oh. Super, super, <laughs> like, it's super controversial. It's been for, discredited. No, it's, it, it works. And it, but the. He's saying like the, the things that he – a lot of times – and the whole article kind of talks about this is that we have these new artificial intelligence programs yeah. that will look at data. Like the, the, the job of artificial intelligence is to look – to analyze data and then make predictions based on this data. Right. So the, the thing we don't really know though is how they're making those predictions, like how they're being able to decide. So because the computer – is making all the decisions. You know, mm-hmm. the computer is discerning like which one is which and they're comparing faces of other things that, and it's they they used um, social media pictures that people uploaded themselves. <laughs> so it's not like it's a strict lab okay. study, right? And <laughs> they scanned more than 30,000 photos on an unnamed dating site and to oh, figure out okay. if they could distinguish a gay person's face from a straight person's face choosing between pairs of photos. Oh my god. Yep. And it said that the this is the the controversial claim that he makes that that people are like, whoa, careful with that. Um, it says that he the program based its decision on differences in facial structure. That gay men's faces were more feminine and lesbians' faces were more masculine. Hmm. This suggests this suggested that the finding was in line with the prenatal hormone theory of sexual orientation. That sexuality is in part determined by hormone, hormonal exposure in the womb. Well, so what if it is though? Well, I, I mean that, but the jury's still out on that. Sure. So it's hard to say that that is what is making these this computer to me, pick it. If you're going to be upset about that, it implies that it's I mean, whatever it's is causing it is a negative thing. But for me, it's like great. You got whatever happened that created this uh, attraction. Then yeah. great. Why, why? It's not a bad thing. It's. I think it's more like it, it kind of turns into this rabbit hole where you can kind of Yeah, go, like eugenics or something. Yeah, well, yeah. because it then uh, talks about a study from – let me get the where it's from because I have it right here. I think it's from uh, 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 an Italian criminologist who – discovered that they were able to identify criminals by their faces. So then it's like, okay, yeah, I see what you're saying. you can really go okay, down the rabbit hole with this. what if it's true then? That's like, it's helpful. Right. But then what if you, what if, okay, so say they use this, oh my gosh, it's an 89.5% accuracy rating on the criminals too. <laughs> okay. But what kind so of So what crimes? if you're like the, oh, that's a Violent really good or question. Something? Must be certain kinds. Mm, I don't know. Okay. I'm gonna have to look. Okay, but- let's say that these things are work. They work. Okay. Yeah. 
What seems to be the problem? Well, what if you're the one, what if you're that 10% that is unidentified, like that, or what if you get labeled as a criminal, yeah, but you're not? Problem. That's the problem. Oh, well, that's a, like, I mean, we all agree. Right. But that, why should we pretend like they're not effective 80 to 90% of the time? Mm. It's not as if we're going to do anything when we aren't. Right. Maybe they're saying somebody will. Yeah. And like the really, what this will. guy, this guy Michael Kaczynski was saying is that it's a bigger conversation about privacy and how if you can come up with this much oh, yeah. information based on somebody's facial features from a picture that they themselves uploaded, how much information can we get from... I don't know what is why I about find, this? just because I'm picturing the pictures. Yeah. Like, well, they did all have dicks in their mouths. <laughs> You know, like that just strikes me funny. Yeah. I it's just a joke. Um because at first I didn't when you I think you initially had said social media, so I was thinking like what people put on Facebook and the pictures right. that oh, they it was post. Oh, dating website. But it was yeah, yeah then yeah. you said dating, yeah. so then that's not as funny. And it's just their faces, it's not their bodies. Just their faces. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting, right? I also find it interesting that the men and women's percentages are different, right. which speaks to like what we all feel, uh-huh. which I wonder about how they deal with the bi people. Oh, that's a really good question. They probably don't even count them. They're, that population is often ignored because yeah. it's so inconvenient <laughs> for putting like, people in boxes. You don't go in, in this category. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we should stop putting people in boxes. Thank you for sharing that interesting study. Yeah, though. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. I really like that. I'm going to think about that. Yeah. We'll put that article in the newsletter. If you want to sign up, it's on thebraincandypodcast.com. Also, we have been working diligently to get all the new merch up. Mm-hmm. We have the thank you, Adam. Wonder Woman Adam. inspired. I love this. Stop being polite, shirt. It's so good. It's so good. And it's so badass. He made sure that there was a red version and a navy version because that's like Wonder Woman. Cool. Colors. Yes. And then Lincoln got the leggings. <gasps> Sarah, I almost sent you a picture, but I didn't want to bother you. But oh, you can it, always bother me with adorable pictures of your like, son. Hello. It's so cute because they're obviously what would typically be considered a feminine mm-hmm. item. Mm-hmm. And he wore them and he we were like, they look like wrestling pants. And he yes. was like getting into it. Like yes. he's a freaking brain candy wrestler. <laughs> I was like, your wrestling name could be Brainiac. Oh, that's so cool. I mean, come on. It's so adorable. <laughs> We but we did, Adam is trying to load up one new shirt a day. So oh, just nice. keep checking back because they're so cute. The brandcandypodcast.com slash candy yeah. store. It, and if you do order anything, we ship it via stamps.com. If you guys haven't tried it yet, please try it because it changes your life. I have now like Talk about a rabbit hole. I'm mm-hmm. basically automating my whole life. Oh, that's the best. And I really love it because I have things I want to do that are more important, like playing Clue with my son. Very so important. So I don't want to go to the post office. I want to be able to ship stuff from my desk. And Stamps.com allows you to do that. It's super convenient. They offer discounts on postage, which is awesome. They automatically calculate the exact postage. And postage rates just went up. Oh, I don't know if you know this. Really? Do you not know? No. You're so out of touch, Sarah. Because I just use stamp.com. And then well, that's true. <laughs> it's true. It's automated, they Suze. Let, basically, let stamps.com take care of that for you because like Sarah, you can be out of touch and totally. not even realize. Yep. Um, and you can get discounts up to 40%, which is crazy. Um, we use stamps.com because it's so convenient. And right now you can enjoy the stamps.com service with a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus postage and a digital scale. Go to stamps.com, click 
click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in Brain Candy. That's stamps.com, enter Brain Candy. It's a really great deal. All right. <clears throat> I thought I was going to, I wanted to break out in song then. Me, 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 me. I don't know why. Oh, you uh, Let's see what else, I, what I have for you. I was wondering yes. if you could tell me, not including the book club book, uh-huh. um, what the last book you read was about. Oh, uh, yeah. The last book that I read was, oh my gosh, I reread The Handmaid's Tale. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And do you feel like of all the pages in that book, mm-hmm. like what percentage you feel like you could recall? Oh, not a lot. Like right. actually recall? Yeah. Not a lot. Right. I Isn't mean, that weird? It's like I know the whole story and all the information is in there. Mm-hmm. But I try to like... Sometimes I don't even remember the whole story. Like I'll think back on a book and I'll be like, wait, what happened in that yeah. book? But you'll remember the cover. Yep. You'll remember where you read it. Yep. Like what time in your life you yep. read it. I can even remember like all the people I talked to about it afterwards. Right. And this article that I was reading was talking about that phenomenon and why we would even want to continue to read when huh. we don't really retain a lot of the stuff. Like you could read the history of the Civil War and you might remember five things from the book. Yeah. But it brought up a lot of interesting points. And it described the phenomenon similar to taking a bath where you sit in the tub and you soak in the tub, but then when you're done, the water goes down and there might be like a ring left around, uh-huh. but that's pretty much it. Like the most of the water is going to go down the drain. Yeah. And it was talking about how uh, this relates to binge watching and how okay binge watchers, if you quiz them about the show 24 hours later, they can recall a lot. But if you quiz them um, 140 days later, they can remember almost nothing from the plot. Judd Apatow had a great joke about that in his stand-up comedy that is on Netflix, and you have to check out. It's so <laughs> he did. good. I remember. He, was like, he watched half of a season of a whole season of a show with his wife before they were like, "Wait, we did we see this? this?" And they had made it through like six episodes before they realized that. Yes, and that it turns out scientifically is true that if you wait, if you watch something once a week. Mm-hmm. then what happens is your brain oh, yeah. can think about it and remember it. And that is the key to retaining Memory. long-term yes. is when you recall something from it. You know what? They've even We've even talked about this in school when they discuss studying techniques and how to study for things. They say don't like why cramming at the last minute doesn't work. You need to have multiple sleeps yes. in between the things that you learn. So you have to like learn something, sleep. Learn, re, re, review it again, sleep. Yes. Review it again, sleep. I just read a study about that. And, and there's something like, also about like that, that compounding of memory, you know, consolidation of memories and stuff. Well, part of it they said Damn, is that. that the internet has replaced memory for a lot of us uh-huh. because we know that we can just go look it up Google whenever it. we want. So there's not as much incentive as well to remember stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's kind of depressing, you know. Yeah. I've been trying to get out of the habit of using Google to find an, to come up with an answer. Mm. Like, you know, when you're trying to remember like, what was that guy who was in that show? Which you do all the time. Which is my life. Yeah. So I have really tried because the satisfaction that you get from the Google giving you the answer versus coming up with it on your own, totally different. I feel like there aren't any of the good, like, you know, 
right. feelings That's from. That's so true. Yeah. Thank you, Adam. Yeah. Adam's bringing me a, a naughty beverage yeah. right now, and it's not even wine. Nope. It's Sprite. <laughs> and we are happy. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Thank so you, good. Beloved. Thank you. Um, Ooh, that's delicious. Any hoodles. And then it was one of the cool things, though, about the article was how um, Plato, at that time in history, they were just sort of introducing more of the written word. And oh. he was sort of saying, like, stop doing that because it, then you won't remember anything. But, wow. And, and he's right. It's totally but true. The irony, of course, is yep. that if no one had, we wouldn't know that Plato said that in oh the first place. Oh, my gosh. Place. That so, is some cool stuff to chew on for right. a bit. Because it's like... Oh my gosh, Suze. His point is valid. Yes. But there's also value in having things written, being able to access them, and documenting history. And when I read... When we read Moonwalking with Einstein, they talk a lot about how old speechwriters never wrote any... It's not speech... People who gave speeches never wrote anything down. That's why the Memory Palace was invented, really, was to help people remember big speeches that they were giving in front of crowds because there wasn't that written word. And so there they, were no teleprompters. There were no teleprompters. Right. So they had old... The people who gave speeches and put... You know, and the, I guess you'd call them politicians at those times or what, whatever they were, the people back then. Yeah. They... Uh, they would use these t- memory techniques. techniques because you really had to rely on a technique. Right. Wow. And like oral history, of course. I get it. Yeah. There's value in each. Right. But, right. You know. Balance everything. Oh my God. Right? You're so zen right now. I know. Hang on while I sip my soda. <laughs> right. Right. Let me get some sugar. Yeah. I just thought that was great because I read a lot of books. That's and really cool. Sometimes I do have those moments where I'm like, what am I doing here? Is there anything that they said about helping you remember more of it? Like, cause the, some books, you know, especially stuff I read for school and you know, a lot of books are, Oh uh, my God, that forget it. You know, like what, is there something? No, I, no. in fact it was, I'm sure that they assumed that the reader of this article was just reading for pleasure. Um, but their advice was to sort of accept it for what it is. Mm. And that when you're in that moment, that it's of its own value. It, it, th- right. It's, that is the best way to sum it up mm-hmm. because it's not necessarily the information you retain. Yeah. It's that you're taking a personal break. You're in the moment. Yes. You're, you're mindful. You're not focused on the things that are the bullshit. You're exactly. not worried about like yeah what people think of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Read more. Read more. Get out That's there and read. Join our and book club. To be honest with you, this podcast has been great for me because when I talk to you about what I've read... I have yes, to remember. You do. And then by telling you, I'm reinforcing that information. So oh I've God. learned so much from that. That's great. Sarah, thanks for doing this show with me. <laughs> You're welcome, Susie. We're going to be so <laughs> smart and remember so many things. Anyway, changing the subject, what are you doing for Valentine's Day? Oh, I have couples therapy on Valentine's Day. <laughs> you mean besides that? <laughs> you do? Yeah. I figured what better way to celebrate than with the one you love. Wow. <laughs> you don't hear that every day. <laughs> We're, you know, it's like healthy and No, good. that is really, yeah. that's a good thing to do. Yeah. Wow. I bet, I wonder if that makes for a busy day for the therapist or a, like a well, slow day. Well, my client book is full for the afternoon. Ah. Oh. Full. Everybody was like, yes, I'd like to come in today. Oh, wait. So you're, are you going to it or are you conducting it? Both. Oh, okay. That's <laughs> interesting. So you're booked solid. Booked solid. That's and I even gave him the option. 
Like, right. hey, it's Valentine's Day. You guys may be going to want to change to another day. They're like, nope. no, we would like to do this. Celebrate the one you love. Wow. Well, if you are looking for the one you love, we recommend eHarmony. Sarah used that when she was dating. Sure I'm did. too old. I don't even think the internet was around really when I was dating. <laughs> I'm convinced of that. It was like just mailing letters. It was, I think, 2000. Nine that social media apps or, or That's uh, when things uh, got dating cooking. apps started going. Right, or at least the apps. But eHarmony's been around for a while. Yeah, and it, I mean these things work for for Sarah, and they're kind of like an escape from the just the loosey goosey uh-huh. like hookup yeah. scenarios. This is for people who are really looking for real love. Yeah. So if and the cool thing is we made Dahlia take the eHarmony quiz because <gasps> like she's single oh and I don't God. know if she's ready to mingle, but <laughs> she was saying you know. It has a series of questions about your, you know, all the things about your life that you would want to be compatible with your partner on. And they use science and data. We love that to find good matches for you. And right now our listeners get a free month with eHarmony when they sign up for a three-month subscription by entering our code BRAINCANDY at checkout. Stop waiting and start your journey to a satisfying, meaningful relationship. It can be fun to play around with online dating apps, but when you're ready to fall in love with someone and have a meaningful relationship, there's one app that's built to bring you real love, eHarmony. Come see how eHarmony can change your life. Go to eHarmony.com and get started. Enter our code BRAINCANDY at checkout. Well, I hope you have a nice Valentine's Day anyway. We will. All right. Anyway, I've also been reading about this cool study, and I would love for you to take it after we're done here because it's an audio quiz. Oh, cool. And um, they were trying to determine whether if you didn't know the context, if you would be able to identify a lullaby, Uh a love song, totally, a dance song, or a healing song from uh, indigenous tribes or, you know, native tribes throughout the world. Totally. Do you think you would? Yeah. Do you think you could? Well, I did. Did you? Yeah. How would it go? Well, I did really well with lullabies, which is what most people did well with. That's what my mind, I was like, I can tell a lullaby from. And they said most people did really well with... Oh, dance, dance songs. songs. That's what my yeah. Next because I would you know imagine what? You love start... song and healing is a little overlapped. Right. I did well with love song. I did not do well with healing. And I thought, well, maybe it's because we don't have healing songs in the Yeah, except US. that one, that weightless that we talked about on the previous podcast, the one that makes you relax and six something. <laughs> well, but these are chants that they use to heal people oh. in other cultures. So cool. we don't have that. No, we don't. So it was like, how would anyone identify right, that? Right. But maybe they are trying to see, like, maybe it's intrinsic and your brain really can identify. And I, if that, I didn't those sounds are healing to one group, if emotions are universal, then why wouldn't it be? Oh, I'm getting goosebumps thinking about yeah. that. Yeah. So lullaby and dance seems. There were some critics of the uh, study who said that. Um, the pe- most of the people that took it were obviously online, so they've been exposed to, like, for example, Taylor Swift and Bieber, who these songs are made through science by those writers that right. we talked about in the song machine, you know, and they're designed to be universally, like, addicting. Yeah. So they thought maybe that influenced the results. Oh, because we are already exposed to universal... We're already exposed to that yeah. addicting music. I'll tell you what, though. When those dance songs came on for the quiz, I mean, you start you're doing it, and you're like, okay, this is a dance song. Yeah. And the, the, the basic movements of the body are the... I mean, they're the same no matter where... You look at the dance moves from other cultures... A lot of hips, 
a lot of legs, big arms. Since we are being controversial already with that gay study you mentioned, do you think that some cultures are um, naturally better rhythmically? Well, it's not mine. (laughs) I sure as hell didn't get any of that. Ain't ain't white girl over here. I I can move a little bit, but it takes... Here's the thing. It takes practice and it takes like... When I was going to like the S factor classes oh, and yeah. like moving my hips in a way that I was never encouraged to move my hips before, once I was able to like loosen it up, it's like, oh yeah, my body is supposed to move like this. But it was a move that I was totally not used to because there was never an opportunity for me to move like that. Yeah. But once I, you know, and I, you look at like, I went to an African dance class when I was in New York City. That's cool. I, Recently? It, it was... No, it was when we so I was jealous. on the uh, real world. Oh, nice. And I was terrible. And the women there were so amazing and so good. And Bea was really good. Was she it was mostly a dancer. women of color? And yes. Mixed? Okay. Yeah. And, um, and they were really welcoming and loved that we were participating. It was really nice. And, you know, I thought Bea was really respectful. Of, you know, you don't come in there like, ah, I know what to do and blah, blah, Hell blah, blah. No. Right? They, it was like, I want to learn about, you know, these dance moves and enjoy the music and the culture and everything and just get a little taste of that. And it was really fun, but it felt like they were very foreign movements to me because I had never moved my like so body do you like think, that. Because culturally, so good certain and groups freeing. really emphasize music yeah. and Brazilians with dancing. Oh, come on. So you don't think it's genetic. You think this is something that's been Brought to Cultural. their family culturally, yeah. so that of course they're going to be yeah. more inclined to be good at it. I think if you have the families who were, were, you know, music is all around them their whole life, they tend to be the better singers, the people who can play an instrument, the people who can dance, because music has been a part of their lives. Yeah. You know? But like, I will say, I've never seen somebody a person of color that was really terrible at dancing (laughs) but i maybe they just don't dance in front of me i don't know maybe i don't know wouldn't that be terrible if you were that guy maybe but i mean i'm a bad dancer right so you know right that is you're not a bad dancer are you (laughs) no i mean i'm not a bad dancer yeah i just don't have dance moves no. Like you, you got to show me some moves. If I watch a YouTube video for a little while, I can. Oh you know. my god! Remember when you? Yep, did- <laughs> I sure do. We should post that. Sarah, t- the fitness marshal. <laughs> yep. There's this show called The Fitness Marshal, and you can see what a bad dancer I am. And this guy, he's a YouTuber, and he's so awesome. You've probably seen his videos. And Sarah wanted to try it. Yep. And the cool thing about the fitness marshal is he does encourage like. Anybody. Anybody. He's great. Yeah. And you don't have to be an expert. Just do it. Yeah. Well, Sarah did. Yep. <laughs> and I went in cold. Like, first try, just videotaped it. I bet if I were to practice that for a month and videotape my progress, you'd be yeah, like, hey, that's right, you can Sarah. dance. That's right. Yeah. Want to hear a funny story? Always. <clears throat> well, first of all, I'll tell you. Okay. The funny story is. That in Saudi Arabia, mm-hmm. they do beauty pageants mm-hmm. for camels. Okay. <laughs> I will say they have lusciously long eyelashes. So, <laughs> so it makes true. sense. And recently, 
some of the camels were disqualified. What? Because, because doping. Essentially, their owners were giving them Botox. No. Yes. What is happening? It was in the Over New York here. Times. Okay. This is a big deal because they apparently have these festivals where they honor and celebrate camels, camels that are so important to their industries and et cetera. And uh, <laughs> some people, they wanted to make, I swear to God, they wanted to make them have poutier lips. Yeah, they do have pouty lips. Yeah, but they want a real pouty. Oh my God. They, <laughs> they try to make their heads this is insane. look bigger. You're telling me one of the GD Jenner <laughs> sisters is encouraging camel Botox and lip injections? Yeah. Oh, good. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. I freaking I love just, it. I would just love to see what the talent portion of that is. <laughs> All right. Do you get higher scores if you have two humps? <laughs> bet, I bet you do. I bet you do too. Is that the maximum number of humps? Uh, yes. I mean, is that stupid? Yes, yes. It is the maximum number of humps. How do you know? I don't Because try to picture a camel with three humps and it seems ridiculous. <laughs> It's right. Maybe like a really also rare. two now in my mind seems ridiculous. <laughs> oh my god! But they I had a babysit really a camel all night long, so I know what it looks like really well. Say On the that challenge, again? yeah, I know that's a random thing to throw into a sentence. <laughs> um, but on the final of our Battle of the Seasons challenge in Namibia, we had to stay up all night holding a ca- holding the Why reins of a hold- camel. Oh, so they don't run off? No. So well, I mean, they were like tied up on something else. It was more like the the. To, to torture us. Well, yeah. Because you have to do, hold something some, all night long. So nobody does that in real life. You tie them up. Yeah, you tie them up. But they were like, you can't go to bed. You have to hold on to this camel. And it just gives us something to hold. So you have to ha- hold your arm out like an idiot <laughs> to a camel that's already tied to something else. Yeah. And I learned so much. Like they will chew and swallow and regurgitate about 13 times before they decide they're just going to swallow the whole thing. Really? Yeah. It drives me bonkers. And they did make they funny noises. Did they spit it all? Yeah. They did. Yeah. Is that when they're angry or just it's a habit? It's just a habit. It's a really bad habit. It's a bad habit. They're just rude like that. Did you ride it? No, I really wanted to. And I, I was rode like, one once. <gasps> Suze, yeah. that's so cool. Thanks, Sarah. It's so nice of you. Like, what, you're, you've done all these crazy things. Yeah, and, but like, you rode a camel. Yeah. That was in Australia, you know, my first They wouldn't show. even let me that let me close to it. They were like, don't touch them. Wait a minute. I just thought of this. This is also a stupid question. What? This is like the dumb candy show. Um, so in Australia, are those are they indigenous to Australia? Because no. I know it's a obviously there are two kinds of camels. Climate. There's one camel that lives in based on what I know about camels. <laughs> there's one that lives in more like colder climates, and I think that's the one that has one hump. And I think that they're the ones that live in the Sahara are the ones with two. But I don't know. We should Google this. Yeah, this yeah. is the opposite of what you said you're doing lately. But yeah, this seems I, like... but this seems like an emergency. <laughs> Camel, because I I didn't think about it at the time. I just assumed they were native to Australia. But now I'm like, wait, is that normal? They Camel. must be. It's a desert. Yeah. Camel varieties, variations. Camel varieties. No, that just Look, gave it's me a cigarettes. Tomato. <laughs> it just gave me cigarettes. <laughs> Types of camels. I mean, I don't need to know. I do. Oh. But what else you got? Well, instead of using Botox... Holy crap, there are a lot of camels! What you could do, if you want your skin to look great, yeah. is to use BioClarity. Or do what I do, use both. Botox and BioClarity. There you go, perfect. Um, 
as most of you know, and a lot of you have been uh, sending me messages saying that you've you're decided to try it. BioClarity is my go-to skin routine. It's a three-step program where you know you do the cleanse, you do the you know the treatment, you do the moisturizer, and it really works. But it's soothing to the skin. I, I finally people are like, you just. You broke me down. I'm getting it. Yeah. I'm doing it. And I'm saying do it because with our code at bioclarity.com using code BRAINCANDY, you get your first month for only $9.95 plus free shipping. It's and a it's a risk-free thing where, you know, you're going to get results. So go for it. And uh, it's not all that chemical gobbledygook stuff. It feels it's so good. really and nice. And you'll love it and you won't be sorry. And I can't wait to hear back from all these people. They're going to be like, Sue's thanks. I thought you were going to say, I can't wait to hear about camels. <laughs> that I can wait for. I do not think they're indigenous to Australia. Oh, really? Yeah, they were just spread. Well, it says the so Middle weird. East, the Horn of Africa, Central Asia, Northwest China, and Mongolia. See, so then it wasn't a dumb question. No, it's not. And there are really only two, three kinds of camels that are still around. They're like the one hump, the two hump, and then this hybrid version. Huh. There you go. And also, camels have two sets of eyelids. They have another set of eyelids that go. So maybe when they were like wanting to have nice pouty like lashes and stuff, I don't know. <laughs> That's two so eye, two funny. eyelids to block from the sand. Oh right. From getting well, in that just eyes. makes good sense. Right. I could use that sometimes. Yeah. You can use those nice long camel lashes. Um. What else is on your mind? Uh. So remember how you were giving me a hard time about plastic straws. And my, oh my and my and my uh, metal straw thing. I just read about this. Did you? I was so excited when I saw this come up in my feed. I'm like, woohoo! Shit to talk about. Uh, plastic straw bill is up in California, where it'll be a thousand dollar fine if straws are served at a sit down restaurant unless otherwise requested. And Ian Caldron, who's a Democratic assemblyman for California, has passed has put this into a. I I don't know. Put this bill forth, and it it already something like this is already passed in San Luis Obispo, where they have to ask you, "Would you like a straw?" Yeah, I mean, I get it. My favorite part about reading this whole article, though, was, <laughs> was the, just being right. Was besides <laughs> being right, was the very last portion of the article that read. Oh my god! I hope I saved the picture of it. It was basically people's responses to like follow up questions. So if we ban the straw, what about those adorable little umbrellas? Do I still have to ask for those? No. <laughs> I thought that was the best reply. Who's what about the those? decorative umbrellas? Where would I? How, when's the last time you got a decorative umbrella? Uh, it, it, it didn't I, matter to you. You just love the joke. I, I, I do. I love the joke. I thought it was great, and I thought that was really funny. Um, here's the thing about the straws. Yeah. Yeah. What's when the big I read, deal? yeah, I know. I read the thing, and I thought, okay, I get it. Because they're one-time use, and yeah. they don't break down. Right. And every straw that was small. ever created is still on the planet. Right. They're too small to recycle. Mm-hmm. Um, so I totally get the concern. It, but there was just something unnerving to me about... It makes absolutely no sense. Yeah. Like drinking out of the lip of the glass. Even though, obviously, I do that with wine glasses obviously. at restaurants. Yeah. And I said, said to myself, you take baths at hotels. <laughs> You put your entire body, <laughs> but you in don't want to sip out of a clean glass. Okay, Zeus. And then, like the idea that we're so lazy that we need a straw to deliver us the liquid 
from the cup to our mouth. Like it is kind of a weird thing that it started in the first place. Right. It's such a weird thing. Like, why do we have a straw? The I don't like my teeth getting frozen. Uh-huh. When I drink a product with ice because my teeth are sensitive. So Have I you been using my, that metal straw? I used it this morning. <laughs> and that was what brought up the conversation because I went to go put my nice dispo- or non-disposable metal straw in my smoothie that I had this morning. And then it was like, hey, I got something for you to talk about on the podcast. And oh it was the straw God. story. So you could thank Landon for this one. Yeah, I mean, I'm on board. It's just one of those things you're so used to that you just have to undo the habit or the expectation but it's an absurd The plastic bag thing is still, like, people are still trying to give me one. I'm still trying to resist it. <laughs> and Nobody t- tries to give me one. Oh, my God. Every time they try to give me one. And then I tell them, oh, no, I'm okay. And they go, are you sure? We're, they're still free here. Oh, because you're in Orange County. And right. I go, nope. I'm one of the people who voted for that to be gone. And she, they're like, are you sure? Like, yeah, I'm sure. You're really like a fish out of water up there. I really, really am, but I love it. What else? <laughs> um, what do I want to talk about? Yeah, I can't what, do you, what do you want to talk about, Suze? I'm so, so I'm so excited to mm. do your audio test that that yeah. audio quiz. Yeah, of the types of whether you can identify yeah. them. Yeah, I just think that's I so awesome. I think there were eight, and I only got four. Yeah, just the idea of like universal. Like, what is universal and what isn't? Because I think more is than we really think. Do you? Because I think less is. I think it's more... I, I think when you take culture out of it, like, you can... That biology and genetics and all that stuff don't influence us as much as our environment and surroundings and, so you know... to speak to that, I was reading this article about, um, you know, how often do you see the nature-nurture All debate, the time. Right? It's yeah, the thing. And it it's like the greatest mystery, right? Yeah, because we don't know. We well, never will. And there's no way to have a control group because there are so many variables in every person's life that DNA is just this one thing, but yet what is it influencing or creating or triggering, blah, blah, blah. So this particular article was talking about how, Let's say your folks have these genes, whatever they are. And Levi's? They, Kidding. <laughs> and then they make you. Yeah. And then, so even if you don't inherit the particular genome mm-hmm. or, that is determining such and such, that the environment created by the genes in your parents can make it happen in you. So... The environment create yes because right. they have the gene and then they create an environment yes. that you grew up in where that gene is at yes it like it's at play it on. but it's not directly mm-hmm. creating it in yourself. I think it, the perfect example of that is if you are somebody who has a parent who has something like bipolar disorder or borderline personality disorder. Mm-hmm. Often the child, even though they do not have that mental illness, will have traits. And um, characteristics of somebody with that because they've adapted the same coping skills, they've adapted the same response, they've adapted the same um, kind of like habits of a parent. That yeah, behaviors. The behaviors. And, thank yeah. you. That is the missing word I was looking for. So they adopt the same behaviors of that disease, but they do not fit every criteria for that. 
Mm-hmm. It's like learned behavior because that's how they always saw mom and dad react. Or <sighs> The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Well, in the particular study that was being reviewed or explored was that for a long time, people thought that the idea of how long you stay in school mm-hmm. was really influenced by your genes and less wow. influenced by your environment. Oh my gosh, totally. I would imagine it's totally the opposite. Right. And now they're saying it's less about genes than they thought. And that's the trouble and why people often dismiss science as sort of like, well, one day, they, this is my mom yeah. or my dad. Yeah. One day they say salt's good for you. When I say it, they say it gives you good. And they, they so then they dismiss everything yeah. and do whatever they want anyway. Um, because these things that don't seem to add up, but just, we haven't gotten to the end of the story yeah, yet. I think what it, what it more is than like, you, you know, you can't throw the baby out with the bathwater and all that with science and stuff. Like, I think it's, we have a very zoomed in, it's like having a pair of binoculars and we're all the way zoomed in on one little tiny thing. And you can't tell it's all, oh, what is that? There's a saying about an elephant, about feeling an elephant's right. Like if you only feel one part. If you only feel one part, you don't know what it is or something like that. <laughs> I don't know what the whole thing is. Yeah, elephant's trunk or leg or what isn't it? There's like something about that. Right. You're there just is, watching me struggle there over There is here. something about it. It's like that. And if we just, every piece of, every, mm, the deeper we go with, with things being studied and the more scientific discoveries we have and the more uh, informations or, or more pieces of the puzzle we're able to fill in, I think it's like zooming out with those binoculars and then gives us a new wider view that helps us better identify what we're looking at. Yeah. You know? So I don't see it as like every, every, I don't see new information as just wiping out the old. I see it as build, everything is a building block and everything. Okay. Well now we know this, where can we go from here? And you know, everything kind of, but most people aren't in school for psychology as you are. So like it can feel yeah. like nothing ever makes sense and they just keep making crap up. That's what it feels like for <laughs> yeah, people. That is, I can understand that because then when you're at school, you can see how all the pieces are are tied together and yeah. they kind of, there is a, a common thread through everything. Yeah. Well, anyway, yeah. I, I just, whenever you're a parent, it's this feeling of like, does anything I do matter? <laughs> does nothing I do matter? Do, did I create this through genes? Did I do Uh this through whatever? But then they point out in the article, of course, when you have several kids, you can see how one's the the brain and one can be the jock. And it seems like, did these kids really come from the same parents in the same house? Right. But there's so many different things that create environment, including whether or not you have an older sibling or a younger sibling, things like that influence who you become. Right. But- I'm always grateful to all those dang twins that like love it. You twins know? volunteer for twin studies. Well, because they're so helpful. They're the most helpful, and oh. well, then the and ones, then the ones, ones that, that are separate. Yes, I was just gonna say that. 
that? Who does that, by the way? Who, what? Brings like, them together well, or, no. or separates twins? Well, yeah. If, if twins are born and they're put up for adoption, it shocks me that they're often separated. Yeah, I wonder if that's something that still goes on. Because it seems like a lot of those people who are part of the study, uh, or the people we hear those stories about, are usually in their 50s or above. You know? Right. So it kind of seems a dark like, time. Yeah. People were just like, getting through oh. it. Yeah. Any hoodles. All right, no. that's all I've got. Do you have anything you want to add? Oh, maybe I'll save it for next time. Okay. All right. Well, it's been a real. Tr- it's been a real treat being with you today. Oh, oh, thank you, Susie. And I will see you for episode one ninety five. Oh, feeling alive. Oh God. <laughs> Bye. Bye.